0: Welcome to the Speckled Truth Podcast. This is the only show dedicated to the conservation of the trophy trout population from the East Coast to the Gulf Coast. Here, we go below the surface to discuss what happens when science and anglers work together for a cause. So gear up with the crew as they talk about all things big speckled trout. Get ready for the slimy, salty truth, better known as the Speckled Truth.
1: Everyone want to welcome you back to the Speckle Truth Podcast. This is the start of a two-part episode with Captain Kyle Johnson. It had been a minute since we've basically caught up. He's been so busy chartering and uh us creating content or me creating content and stuff like that with Speckle Truth. But this is a good two-part episode because it's a long conversation. And it's one that's probably frankly overdue because normally we catch up a couple times a week, and it had been a couple weeks since we've caught up. And so a lot has changed. A lot of things have Going on especially since our first episode in season one so hopefully enjoy this two-part episode with captain kyle johnson again if you're listening to this hey give us a shout out man leave us a, a comment uh leave us a review rate it right and all that stuff and it really does help us and we really enjoy bringing this content i really enjoy just the conversations with each of the folks that we've had the guests that we've had on the actual podcast so until not some guys tight lines god bless enjoy this episode with captain kyle johnson take care been a hot minute since I talked to my buddy. Uh, but I got Captain Kyle Johnson on the podcast today. Uh it has been, we were just kind of reflecting before the show. Uh, and I think it was back in 2019, Kyle, when you were back yeah, on. Or it's been a hot I know it was minute. season one. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us every tell everyone kind of what's been going on with you, man. Yeah. So uh just to
0: reiterate in case people that don't know who I am, I'm Captain Kyle Johnson. i live on Guffport, Mississippi. Uh been helping Chris with the speckled truth for a good while now, and uh, we've done a lot of awesome things. I'm super proud of him and super super stoked with the way things have gone with speckled truth and and how it's grown and it's It's become such a great part of the the speckled trout community and the conservation side of things uh honestly just couldn't be happier but uh yeah, I think the last time we talked, I was still in the army. Uh, I was still doing that. I was getting ready to transition into uh full-time guiding, which I'm doing now. And uh, anybody sitting there listening to this, that's uh, afraid to take a leap. I'm going to tell you right now, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> it's been uh it's been a journey. It's been a, a lot of hard work, but it's been worth absolutely every second of it. I mean, it, it, I would not see myself doing anything else and it's definitely the best decision that I've ever made. Uh, but, Man, you know, as well as anybody else that knows me, I've just been grinding, man. They, You see those funny things on social media about, you know, uh, I, I'm tired of working a 9 to 5, so I'm going to work for myself and instead work 24-7. Well, that's that's actually true. <laughs> you, you work a lot more, but um, that's kind of yeah. why we haven't really been able to connect as much as we used to just because I've just been slammed, dude.
1: Yeah, but you've been enjoying the fruits of your labor, you know, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, I mean, I'm still in the Air Force and, yeah, work, you know, the traditional now, now out of squadron command, I was working 24-7, it felt like, Uh, but, you know, I mean, how it is, you know, you work your normal nine to five or whatever it is, it's not nine to five, it's more like 10, 12 hours a day, sadly, but, you know, you really don't see the, I guess you don't really reap the rewards of your hard work, you know, I mean, yeah, you got a stable job and things of that nature, but, um you don't really you're not building something you're part of a giant machine um, and so when you build and, and you ventured off on your own and building your own company and your brand and your service uh, charter service I mean really that's where you see the tangible results of seeing your customer base grow you know getting the feedback and all these different things right and that's what's cool is because you're really yeah, you're working a lot more, but you're kind of investing in yourself and you mentioned you know before that you're proud of me and us and and kind of how we've grown. I remember uh, you taking that leap of faith, you know, and this was actually at the Mobile Boat Show is when you really started to um, started kind of going full time. That's when you separated from the army and went full time. Well, uh, lo and behold, we had the monster that changed the world and that was right before COVID. Dude, um, my, 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 ETS date, which, uh,
0: you military personnel know that, uh, once you got that ETS date, it's kind of hard to, you know, if you, you can't, it's not like just quitting a job. It's not like you just turn in your two weeks notice. And then a week before you're like, Oh wait, I'm going to stay like another month. But, uh, once you have your ETS date, it's like, that's it. Or if you, if you do reenlist, it's a minimum of a year. and. um yeah, COVID was nice and strong, and it was getting worse and worse. Uh, my ETS date was March 20th, 2020. And the <laughs> governor doomed. of Mississippi shut the state down on the 22nd. Two days after I ets it was like total lockdown in Mississippi. So uh, it was a little nerve-wracking. I kind of lost my mind a little bit. But... Um, I stuck with it, man. I stuck with the decision. Uh, I kinda could see that this was um it, it wasn't gonna last forever. I, I just kept telling myself that. I was like, you know, I started thinking about other guides that I know and, you know, I'm very fortunate to have great relationships with people like Lowell Odom and, and, and you know, getting to hear his wisdom and the things that he him and, you know, Jay Watkins and all of them made it through the past 30 years guiding you know and I was like if we can make it through BP make it through Katrina all that stuff I can make it through this you know yeah. Just gonna have to play it out and uh and yeah I was I was definitely second guessing myself I, I thought it was bad luck but in return did it turned out to be a great thing because uh I think it was around May uh whenever people started kind of Get, got tired of sitting at home and got tired of, of of all the changes it was the greatest time to be a fishing guide because here I was brand new and I couldn't keep up dude just just yeah. slammed that summer was incredible uh, I mean people were just wanting to get out of the house wanting to fish and and I had a ton of people that just never fished for the like people that just fishing for the first time. Going with a brand new guide that just started, <laughs> but yeah. they, that's how desperate people were to to get out of the house and do something.
1: So it worked yeah. out to, really to my advantage, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I mean everything was shut down, right? I mean you couldn't couldn't do anything, you know, other than like pretty much be outside, go camping, go you know bicycle riding, go fishing, and obviously you know the market uh, obviously saw that, and I think everybody in the fishing community you know, from a COVID perspective already thought probably initially they were doomed. Well, (laughs) that's when everything kind of exploded uh, for everybody, lure manufacturers, bait manufacturers, Mm -hmm. guides, because really one of the only things you could typically do where you could socially distance, and I'm sorry to even bring that up, but I haven't mentioned that word, not phrase in forever, but uh, was basically out in the water, you know, so Mm -hmm. everybody was kind of enjoying the outdoors and doing it as a family. And that's kind of the, the only thing you could do. So you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, you know, staring at it, you're like, Oh god. But like hindsight being twenty, you're like, Man, that was like the greatest move ever. That was like the greatest flex. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it it worked out really well. And
0: and I'm very fortunate on a lot of ends. I, I I really I sit back a lot now that you know, I don't have the stresses of my old job. So I, I'm a lot more thankful for things now, uh friendships, relationships just things in life in general, to be honest with you. But, uh, I'm really fortunate that, you know, my parents are entrepreneurs and small business owners and whatever you want to call it, but I had a lot of great advice from them and, and so are my wife's parents. And, um, you know, it was like, don't start a business. If you don't have at least a year's worth of bills, you know, like saved up for that for at least a year, because there's a chance that, you know, you, you might not start making money for a while. And so I I wasn't really worried about it on the money side. I had all that money sitting there and I was like, well, that's why that's there. And I just, I kept busy, dude. I don't know if you remember, but I think I cut down like 13 trees in my, like on my property (laughs) where my house is. And and I just like, but it it kept me busy, you know, it it gave me something to do every day because that's literally all you could not, like there was nothing to do, like, you know, you know, my setup, all my friends live in my neighborhood, my, my friends I grew up with and we're all down the street from each other, but everybody was too scared to do anything because everything was overhyped. And it was a weird time. And I just got a chainsaw dude and just went to town. And and it was trees that needed to come down. You know, I wouldn't cut down some trees just to come down, but (laughs) it, it, it kept me busy and it was physical labor and, you know, it, it, it worked out good. And then when the, when the calls started coming in to, to do trips, I was like, okay, well it's time to get to work. And man, that was a, that was a grind dude. But it, it was, it was awesome. I, I look back at it now and, and I'm I just kind of like, I think I went, it was like 19 or 20 days in a row. And that was before I, I started using a deck can. Cause as you know, I do more than just trout and stuff like yeah. that. I do everything. And I did like seven or eight snapper trips in a row by myself And, uh, dude, I was a straight zombie. (laughs) I could, I could, I barely even remember that week. I just remember getting up on those mornings. It was just, it was the hardest thing to get out of bed. But once I got out of bed, it was just like, okay, just got to get this day over, you know, take it day by day. Just got to, got to get out there. Got to cut pogies. Got to get, get some snapper in the boat, get back, clean them, come home, go to sleep. That, That was my, my program. But it was, uh,
1: it was good times. All right, and so plus two, well, plus, what are we, three years? Again, South Louisiana education coming in there, but plus three years, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously seeing how you've grown um, now, really, uh, so you were originally guiding out of a different boat. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, those friendships and relationships that you were referring to earlier kind of led you to better and bigger things. Uh, And now you offer, really, which is kind of the meat of the matter and which we're going to talk about today a little bit, which is. You basically run some shanty trips, and, and you've had a huge clientele and a huge uh, request and need uh, for folks that want to enjoy Chandelier Islands and kind of more day trips. And I'll let you kind of talk to that. But you know those relationships that you forged, taking that leap of faith. You know the year prior to and and kind of being that business owner and investing in your uh, in your own brand and your own company. Now looking back and reflecting back from three years to now. That's got to be so fulfilling, man. Dude, it's
0: uh, I tell people all the time, man, I, I am so lucky. It's it's unbelievable. Like and, and 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 I'll touch on something else with that in a little bit, but everything happens for a reason, and I've always stood by that saying. And and, and it really it, like I live and die by that. Like when something bad happens to me nowadays, I'm just kind of like something good is going to come from this eventually and and, and it really has every single time but um just like you said man when i when i started guiding i really you know i I know you remember the conversations i didn't really want to do a lot of speckled trout trips because the the business model here and i'm not knocking anybody this is just facts the business model here is you know how many trout you can put on the boat. There there is no one here on the Mississippi coast that is going, you know, strictly looking for big trout, not going looking for limits, uh, you know, artificial only, wade fishing only. That those guys don't exist here. So in my eyes, you know, I didn't even want to do trout because I don't want to go out and meat haul. But those days have been long gone. Uh but As things fell and and the relationships I made, a lot of credit goes to you, dude. I mean, a lot of this stuff, definitely no way I would have been able to meet the people I met and and things like that if it wasn't for, you know, you being my friend and being involved with Speckled Truth and getting to meet these people. Um, I got to kind of figure out a little niche market and I really feel like um, I kind of got it all together now because now i am running trout trips and one of the best trout fisheries i think exist i mean chandelier is unbelievable fishery and it just all fell together just right you know the technology's there to have the type of boat that can get you there safely but also float nothing mm-hmm. and you know got a big enough gas tank i can run 3 trips if i want to <laughs> you know before i yeah. need fuel but all, everything just kind of fell in place, and, and the relationships I had with, you know, the, the Texas brands like uh, like Jimmy at Waterloo and 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 Lowell Odom and and all of them just kind of helped, kind of push that along. And and they they told people about me. You know, it's it's all been strictly organic, and it, it just it's it's worked out amazing. I feel like I feel like I'm truly living and doing my dream job now with the chandelier trips because Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm able to get out there and, and chase trout in a, in a crazy estuary that changes. And, And that's why I love it so much, dude. And you, you know, all about it. That place is different every hell. Every month it's different. You can find a little point and you can find a little Island that's, you know, got a little cut in it or a gully And on a fallen tide, the fish just stack in there, or whatever. A month later, that that whole island can be gone. Like it'll just be water, and Mm -hmm. and you got to figure out a new spot, and you got to figure out a new tactic. And that's the whole point of it. That's the whole point of trout fishing is the game is figuring it out. And this place is fifty miles of 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 figure it out, (laughs) and it's fifty miles of figure it out, and it's it's not a thousand people fishing it It's not even you know there's not even a hundred boats out there a day you know mm-hmm. there's some mother ships that got skiffs running around but there's not you know a hundred bay boats in a day in a 50 mile radius so it's almost like the last frontier as well mm-hmm. you know because yeah. if you don't know where you're going and you don't know what you're doing out there you get screwed real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can trust trust me when I say you can I ain't messed up that bad yet, but um, ask Ernest Cisneros <laughs> about a little boat ride uh-huh. where we were going through what's called the back door, and, and a couple years ago it was a lot sketchier than it is now. It's actually gotten a little bit deeper, but there's a shortcut going to the south end chain of islands, and there was a path especially if you're in a you know a bay boat there's a path that you got to go through and if you don't follow that path and you get stuck there's 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 no way anybody could pull you out of there because there's no type of boat that would be able to get a rope to you close enough if that makes sense you know it's it's shallow enough to where a decent bay boat can Mm -hmm. run through it but if you stop you can't get up you know what i mean so throttle down um, maybe send it I was I was loaded down, you know, six people, Ernest and his buddies, and we're rolling like 40 and everybody's trying to talk to me and this and that. I said, I need everybody sit down, and shut up. I said, don't say nothing. Don't move. I said, because we can't stop when we go through here because it was it was springtime and it was a it was a pretty low tide and uh and we're rolling 40 and and the motors bumped a little bit (laughs) and and i jacked that jack plate up about as high as i could and i said just hold on we just kind of skirted through a couple spots and then i kind of got a little more careful than that after that but uh that place can it can humble you
1: man but it's it's awesome i love that place and if you get stuck man or break down or anything like that it's uh it's a long way Uh, it is dude
0: It, it is a long way in the middle of nowhere and um yeah, that that's, that's what makes it so awesome though, dude, no yeah. cell phone service, no, no nothing. It's, uh, I've, I've recently, not recently, but when I started running out there a lot, uh, talking to, uh, a lot of the, the mothership guy, uh, captains out there, I got that, uh, Garmin in reach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's basically a sat phone that you can call and text on. And so now I got a little more like better peace of mind. And I, I have some great relationship with them. You know, one of my deck hands is, is Tommy Poser, And he also deck hands on a chandelier boat out there. So it's nice having that peace of mind. If something does happen to me, uh, one of them will get to me quicker
1: than anybody else. You know, yeah. so it's nice having a little peace of mind. So what are you running now? I mean, I know, but for everybody else that way, they have an idea. If they ever did want a book, you were looking up or whatever it is, you know, kind of give them an idea of kind of a little bit of rundown. Of the boat and equipment you're you're running,
0: yeah. So I got a well. Right now, I have a 2021 Blue Wave Macaira. It's a 28 foot bay boat. It's actually the largest bay boat on the market right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but um, I have a new one on the way. Um, it should be here uh, into September. Uh, it'll be the the 2022 model, which is just a little subtle changes. But it's a 28 foot bay boat <clears throat> with a big bow. I mean, a nice big bow. And I run uh twin two hundred Suzuki's on it. I ran twin three hundreds and I also also took it out. I took one out with a three fifty and uh I just I think the twin two hundreds on that boat is really where it's at. Just okay. fuel economy, weight, all of that stuff. Uh I'm not a speed demon. I mean that boat that boat can run, you know, 55, 60 with twin 200s and you yeah. put the 300s on it, you know, you might get eight, nine miles an hour. And and for the mm-hmm. weight and the fuel and all that, it's really not, not worth it in my eyes, but it's a <clears throat> really well laid out boat. There's so much room on it. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's the only boat I could really find on the market that had, a ton of room behind the leaning post or behind Mm -hmm. the console. Uh, I think that's where a lot of boat manufacturers are missing the mark nowadays is um, especially in like that bay boat arena. I understand everybody wants a casting deck on on the front and back, but the Makira does have that. It does have a nice casting deck on the back, but I've got enough room to fit five or six guys in bean bags, you know, behind Mm -hmm. and around my leaning post. And that's kind of, that's kind of where it's at. I kind of combine my, you know, offshore knowledge and experience from, from fishing offshore with great offshore captains, uh, you know, they use bean bags. And mm-hmm. so when I started doing this, even my old boat, I had bean bags for, for longer rides, but, uh, that's kind of the program, man, we, we get yeah. in the boat, uh, everybody gets nice and comfy in a bean bag. And I just hammer it down a chandelier, depending on the seas, uh, I can be there and anywhere from 35 minutes to,
1: you know, I can get down to the South end and right out an hour, like all the yeah. way down to the South end. So. And that and and that's important, right. For context, just to <clears throat> give folks an idea, you know, a 28 foot Bay boat, you know, the battle wagon, if you will, uh, just being able to kind of push you out there consistently um, with some comfort. Right. And because I'm in, mean, dude, you know, the Mississippi sound I do. I ran a 22 foot, you know, Skeeter. When I was fishing the, the, you know, Barrier Islands out there, Ship Island Cat, all that stuff. Um, And dude, it it gets, it gets sporty quick uh, and it gets pretty gnarly quick and, and there's really no place to hide. So obviously with, you know, a 28 foot and, and having a little bit of maneuverability and, and comfort, all that stuff just makes that long of a journey that much more bearable, you know? And so, I mean, for folks, if they ever did want to go do it, it's certainly cool because again, you're not really like a mothership. I mean you're kind of running and gunning, right? And you're you're enjoying that day. So you're gonna spend a majority, I say majority, but you're gonna spend some time, you know, running out to that to that fishery and then enjoying it for the day and then coming back, you know. So um that's important, man. And so that's cool. Um that you were able to kind of link up with that boat. Um and I have yet to be on it, man. I'm not gonna lie. So I'm kind of jealous.
0: And you know, uh, yeah, you need to, you definitely need to come, but a funny little story about how all that happened, and I know mm-hmm. people are going to get tired of me saying how how lucky I am, but it really is true. Uh, Ed Crumb, for those of you who don't know, is also a, a speckled truth guy. And hell is Ed. He's dad life son. He's got that that what fourth or fifth one on the way. I don't even know how many kids he has now. The Brady, Brady bunch over him. there, man. Talk to him every once in a while. Yeah, but. Uh, Ed's dad is an insurance instructor, uh, insurance adjuster, adjuster yeah. uh, for for boats, and Ed's dad is really good friends with Joey Furlan, who owns Furlan's Marine. Who Joey is arguably the best fiberglass guy, you know, down here, any mm-hmm. with any, by any means. And the proof is in the pudding because every single boat manufacturer that has a warranty claim just sends it to Joey instead of having it come all the way back to their plant because they know yeah. he's going to do it. Just as good if not better. But Joey started selling Blue Waves a couple years ago. And Joey was telling Philip, who is Ed's dad, you know, I really want a a, a really hard-charging guide, you know, to be representing Furlins and representing Blue Wave and and all this stuff. And bef- right before I started guiding, I'd talked to him before. And, uh, at that time they had the 28 foot hybrid and it just wasn't what I was looking for. It, it was a 28 foot. It's the same, same exact hole as the Makira, mm-hmm. but it's just too much deck. I, I don't need all that deck, but because yeah. of, you know, the near shore and, you know, semi offshore stuff that I do, I, I need more walk around space for clients that, you know, so they can be comfortable. But, um. He was still looking for that even after a couple of years of, of me talking to him before I even started guiding. And uh, you know, Philip I, I fished with Philip a couple of times, you know, with Ed or or we took him, you know, on on our boat and stuff. And Ed's dad's just as good a fisherman as him, you know, if not better, yeah. you know. Uh Philip's a great angler too. And uh, and Philip was like, you got to you got to get with this guy, Kyle, like he he's going to do a, he's, his business is going to do well. He spoke very highly of me. And, and when Joey called me first time, Joey Farrell and I talked, I think it was he called me at like 830 at night or nine o'clock at night or something. And I could hear him doing something in the background. Dude's the owner of the shop. He was yeah. still he's got 15 employees. He's still at work, still working on something. And we talked on the phone till like one in the morning. That's the first time we ever talked. No kidding. And 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 we kind of built that relationship and we're very similar in a lot of ways. And Joey, uh, shout out to Joey, man. What a what a great guy and and definitely believing in me and 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 my pursuit of, of what I had planned. And he's been, you know, one of my number one cheerleaders for sure. Uh, like just dude you you got it you can do it you know just kind of reinforcing yeah. any idea I, I pushed to him but got with joey and uh got with the guys at blue wave you know at that mobile boat show that you were talking about you know the the owner of, of blue, uh, the steve Stephen parks who used to be the owner of blue wave was there and met with him personally and, and talked with him and like I'm saying, I wouldn't even have been at that boat show if I wouldn't have been there with y'all with Speckled Truth. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy how all these things fell together. But uh, you know, talked with them and and talked about what I could do for them, and and it's it's been an awesome relationship, man. Blueways a, a a damn good company, and they really take care of their people and stand by their product, and just all their boats are just the layout just makes sense. They they really have a great layout, uh, on their boats and the holes are, are performance driven holes, man. Yeah. They, they ride well and they're, they're, they like to go fast. That's the only thing about them. It's one of those holes kind of like a, it's kind of like a ranger. Like you look at a ranger bay boat and, and you look at the boat and you look at the hole, uh, and, and you, you don't think that that boat's really going to ride that well just by looking at it and then when you go on it you're like damn this thing's a tank and it gets on top of the waves and it just it just hauls ass on top of them and it's the same thing with the blue waves man you can't be scared to to get on top of some stuff that you normally wouldn't think you'd be able to and once you get on top of it and that step hole kicks in and and yeah. it's making that air pocket under the boat you're just gliding across it you know it's 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 really something you got to see to believe
1: well maybe next time dude uh, when i'm back in town, man. It's been forever since I've been back, and normally we do um, at least a trip before the Biloxi Boat Show. But I'm not sure we're going to do Biloxi this year because we're going to try to do the Houston Fishing Show uh, as Speckled Truth, and I know that's something you want to do, and I want to do. I mean, I've been to it; you've never been to the Houston Fishing Show, and dude, I'm I'm pretty stoked, man, to actually get out there. Um, and I think we're gonna. I'm a <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, uh, Jimmy, if you're listening to this, but I'm going to reach out to, you know, Mr. Jimmy at Waterloo's obviously podcast sponsor. Um, you know, have been obviously super supportive of us and, uh, maybe just go and work for him, right. And, and lend our services in the Waterloo booth and, and really kind of get an opportunity to kind of maybe see and scan the, the, uh, the atmosphere, if you will, and, and kind of really maybe engage with some of our followers and, and maybe talk to some folks about, you know, conservation. So, um, but, Yeah, maybe, man, man, I got to get back home. It's been forever, dude. I need to see Pops. And last time I saw him, which was forever, uh, he came to my change of command. But before that, man, it was, man, so long before that. But, um, dude, talking about, you know, opportunities in, you know, kind of these, you know, dots connecting, if you will, you know, it's really cool um, to be maybe a part of that a little bit. But also, too, dude, it's because that's where your heart's at. Right. I mean, that's where, you know, when you kind of came and and Hey man, let's, let's kind of see if we can make this thing work. And, and we had a similar mindset, which is really kind of fishery first. It's very selfless. Um, and we really want to take care of a fishery and really, you know, kind of engage people in a, in a very kind of truthful manner, um, and get them engaged in a conservation without kind of ramrodding it down their throats. And it's, I think my point is it's with good intent. And to that end is that, yeah, you're right. I mean, good God, I've never would have thought I'd have met the people I've met through Speckle Truth. And, and it's cool to see the opportunities kind of take shape from, you know, one relationship that somebody has to another, but it's all kind of based in just doing, doing right something thing. right thing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: that's the best part about it, man. Is there's no, you know, <laughs> there's nothing behind... What we do and, and, and you know, uh, I, I'm sure people know is not, we're not sitting here getting rich off the speckled of truth. I can 100% promise you that all of us that are involved have invested our own money and lots of it at at, at some point or another. And, and it's really just doing something for, for the right reasons. And like you said, not, not shoving it down people's throat. Just, just, Hey, you know, if you want to, if you want to release a fish, that'd be cool you know uh, that that type of thing so um it's that's the i think that's the best part about it chris is that we're doing what we feel is 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 right and what we feel is good and and the rewards have been so good and things we never would have thought would have came from it you know what i mean it's been it's been really cool man it's it's I was looking back on, I had a missed call from a client the other day and he was like, yeah, man, I I tried to leave you a voicemail, but your, your mailbox is full. And I was like, what? And I, and I went back, I just, you know, just being lazy, just not deleting my, my voicemails. And I go back to delete my voicemails and I've got missed calls from like, (laughs) Carter Andrews or voicemails from Carter Andrews, Jay Watkins, Mike McBride, Lolo Odom, you know, Peter Miller from Peter Miller Fishing. Like, you know, I got these voicemails from like people I'm like, like, was watching, like, I still do, but people I grew up like watching on TV and and idolizing and being like, man, I sure would like to meet that guy one day. And now I'm like, I can just pick up the phone and call them and pick their brain and talk to them and we can talk for hours. And that is literally, without a doubt stems from doing, doing the right thing and, and just trying to push, you know, I, I, I hate to say push conservation because yeah. I kind of feel like that puts back on what we were talking about, about people that try and shove it down your throat, but really just trying to spread conservation, I guess is, is a, is
1: a better word. I talked to I, sin- I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go
0: ahead. I was just going to say, I, I got a funny story that kind of relates to all of this. Um, and, and I said this, and it, just, it really just rolled off my tongue. And, and when I said it, it was like the, probably one of the deepest things I've ever said. And it could probably be worded better, but uh, I, I'm on a trip last year, and I, and I had a uh, a kid. It was a, a kid and his dad, and, and the kid was great. He was a great angler, man. I think he was like 13 or 14, and um, he had seen a bunch of pictures of triple tail and the triple tail I was catching and stuff, and that was really like the main target. But the dad the dad kind of had a different thing. The dad was like, you know, I really want to get some redfish. I'd like to get, you know, a couple of trout to eat and I'd like to, you know, do this and that. And the kid, he just kept talking about triple tail. And so, you know, unfortunately kid dad's paying. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, I, I was like, I was like, I gotta, I gotta knock out what dad wants so I can, you know, put this kid on a triple tail. And, and I say he was a great angler because I saw that while we were fishing for everything else. So, I just got real lucky and and we knocked out all the other things that he his dad wanted to do. I mean, literally checked off every box. And we had like an extra hour left on the trip, and I'm notorious for giving people way too much time and I already had it in my head. I was like, I'm not going back to the boat slip without this kid catching a triple tail. And so, um I don't want to give away too much cuz I fish for triple tail a little bit different than other people and and that fish is getting a lot of pressure right now. But all I'm gonna say is that the kid did everything right and lost three monsters. I, I mean, the, the the chances of of this, <laughs> like, it, it was it was crazy, dude. Like, we saw every fish because you know sometimes triple tail will come to the surface. Even big ones will like jump out of the water, and we physically saw all three of these fish, and they were 15 to 20 pounders, which is big fish for here. I mean, it's a big triple tail anywhere, but you know you got people. Catching 30 pounders on the reg, you know, out of Venice nowadays. Yeah. So, uh, I guess a, a 15, 20 pounder doesn't sound that big to some people, but it, it is. I promise you, that's a big triple tail. And so, this kid loses three triple tail, and dude, he is like the most butt hurt you can be. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. he's down and out. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, sorry, right, dude. I was like, we're going to get one. I was like, because And and my attitude now when I run trips is like that. Like I stay as positive and as optimistic as possible. Even if I think the odds are stacked against me, I still just say it out loud. And I tell myself, I'm like, we're going to get into the fish. We're going to find something because literally do every time. And I think a lot of that has to do with that mindset, but he's like, He's like, man, how are you not, how are you not pissed? Like, how are you not mad that I lost those fish? Like you said, those were great fish. And, you know, I saw them and they were huge. And I said, dude, being negative and being mad about it, you know, it's not going to get anything for you. And this just came to my head as I was saying this to him. And it makes so much sense. I said, dude, a lot to do with fishing has to do with luck. I said, "You you can have all the skill in the world, but there is a lot of luck that has to do with it. And lucky things don't happen to negative people. Yeah, and you you really sit back and you think about that. You think about somebody that's negative all the time, that's worried about everybody else, that's worried about you know everything, and they're they're bitching and complaining and they're mad about the world. Lucky things don't happen to those people. So, and and it's crazy when you when you really sit down and digest. And like after I said that, I was like damn that's pretty legit (laughs) i was like (laughs) that's that's that that really makes sense and i was just saying it because it was something that was true and something for in the moment for him and he was like he's like you're right you're right and he kind of pepped up and he was like so we're gonna get it we're gonna get lo and behold finally got one 12 pound triple tail his first triple tail ever you know it took another hour to find it (laughs) but uh we ended up getting it and when we got back his dad was like he was like, dude, he was like, is that like a saying that like you heard online or you read online yeah. or something? And I was like, dude, I'm I, honest to God. It just came to me as I was saying it to him. He was like, that's pretty good, man. He's like, he's going to remember this trip for the rest of his life. And I think he's going to remember that. And that's going to help him a lot. He was like, I really, really appreciate it. And it's those trips like that, that really make me love what I do.
1: Down South Luris has been making lures for the inshore angler for years now, and it's easy to see why. From their 4-inch southern shad to their much larger DSL supermodel to the 3-inch burner shad, their versatility is really in every angler's arsenal. Better yet, they're actually made here in the USA as well. So support this Texas brand that supports you, the fisherman. And next time, go check out the hashtag Swims in a Fall Action of a Down South Floor. Real Sportswear humbly started making shirts for a few local fishermen. Rooted in simplicity and utility, Reel's minimalist approach is a reflection of what binds the fishing industry together. Now found throughout many coastal retailers, their lineup of comfortable and functional gear aims to make your time in the water a success. So next time you're gearing up, wear what guides wear and consider Reel Sportswear. Despite its unique name, Stinky Pants Fishing has been making wade fishing gear for the Texas angler for years. Located here in Texas, they make anything from boga floats to boxes, stringers to wade fishing straps. Really anything that the inshore angler needs to make their time on the water more efficient and more effective. So check them out at StinkyPantsFishing.com and get some equipment to make you a better wade fisherman. I want to welcome Waterloo Rods as our Season 3's newest sponsor. Located in Victoria, Texas, Waterloo builds some of the most functional rods for any inshore application. Whether you're in the market for a Carbon Mag, an HP Lite, or a Slam Mag, or their salinity Series, definitely check them out. Also, check out their Waterloo Pro Shop, which carries most, if not everything, that the inshore angler needs here along the Texas coast. So next time you're in the market for a rod, definitely check out Waterloo Rods, and you might as well fish the best. Mirror Lure is an iconic brand found in almost every inshore angler's arsenal. From their 17 or 27 MRs, to the Mirror Mullet or the Top Dog, even their soft plastic lineup, as well as the Paul Brown Series Fat Boys, these lures have been trusted by many anglers across the Gulf Coast and beyond. So next time you're out there looking to fire up a bite, remember, tie on a Mirror Lure and turn on the bite. Texas Custom Lures and the original Custom Corky are back again for Season 3 sponsors, and we couldn't be more appreciative. These lures and colors, which are produced by some of the most renowned anglers up and down the Texas coast, have been producing for decades. So whether it's a Double D or a Fat Boy Floater, Plum Nasty, Texas Turnum, just to name a few, remember, next time you're looking for that next big bite, the big girls aren't colorblind. And and how cool is that, man, to kind of get that direct feedback loop? right then and there and probably see <clears throat> the impact that, that the either those words obviously that catch had in that kid. Um and then that's yeah again man that's kind of a life shaping moment and to kind of be there and do that and doing something you love. Man, that's that's freaking awesome. But you know the good, other man. the other was, thing and, awesome. I'm not gonna lie Kyle that was actually pretty dope, man. Uh yeah. that that's a really good that's a really good saying. Um but um, one of the other things um, that, you know, kind of along maybe those same lines, but personally happened to you was, you know, when we went down to Port Mansfield, you know, and the opportunity you had there. And I can't share that because I wasn't, I wasn't the beneficiary of that. Um, but if you can, man, kind of share that last day, if you will, or last afternoon uh, that we had down in Mansfield. Oh, wow. We didn't.
0: That that was after we did the first podcast, right? Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was in twenty one. Yeah, dude. That was uh, definitely one of my most memorable trips. I'd say whew, that's definitely top three. Uh, the other two would be with my dad, but yeah. um, it's it's right there. But. Anyway, so yeah, we were down in Mansfield. Um, we that fished was right when Wayne. the truth was coming out. Yeah, yeah. So we were fishing with Wayne Davis and them with Kay Wiggler, and, and you know, getting some uh, content and, and field testing that Truth Color tail Shad, which you didn't stick with and throw the entire time, like I did. By uh, the way, well, y'all I know stu- that. I stuck to the guns and threw that the entire time. Just want to put that on record. But
1: well, hey, dude, you know me, and that's and that's hopefully what's what people at least appreciate is, dude, I'm not going to sell out. Um, I, admittedly, that's why we're there, but bro, I'm, I'm there to catch fish. Regardless, I wish
0: you would have told me, I, I was thinking I, in my mind, I was like, I don't want to put something else on and Chris be like, dude, we're here to do this. And and then I look over and you got a corky on and I'm like, whoa, 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 I was like, hold up. I was like, you mean to tell me you've been throwing other stuff? this whole? you know how me and you are. We, we fish totally different. You know, you like to fish deep, uh, when you in certain spots and, and I kind of like to stay, you know, shallow or, or kind of, but you know, you, you basically what I'm getting at, you, you go off and do your own thing. I go off and do my own thing. We never yeah. stand shoulder to shoulder. True that. But uh, I, I didn't, you know, because of that, I didn't realize that till like that last day. But anyways, we're down there doing that. And um, I would talked to Jay a couple of times before this and um, kind of fanboying out. I, I, I know, but I really, really wanted to fish with him. Yeah, this does make sense now because it was after I heard the podcast uh, what he, that he did yeah. with you. And, well, and Mike I was fishing I, with us during the day. Yeah. So Mike McBride was fishing with us for today. And of course, Mike McBride fashion, he caught the biggest trip, biggest fish, biggest trout the entire time. Um, But we were uh, I was talking with Jay here and there. And I remember you had to get back early. uh, So you had to do something with the family or something. You had to leave at a certain time. And um, and Jay, uh, we were texting and I think we were in the land cut, weren't we? Is that where Jay came and picked us up? I I think so. Yeah, we'll go. So about that we far. we yeah, we were close to there somewhere like that. But uh, Jay was texting. Yeah, Jay was texting me, and and he was like, "Hey, you know where are y'all at? This and that." And you know, I was just kind of describing to him where where we were, and uh, he comes and and he picks me and Ed up, and. Oh, man, I'll never forget the look on your face <laughs> when we when we drove off with Jay. I felt so fucking bad, Chris. I really did. I didn't mean to say that word. You can edit that out. But I felt bad, and uh, I was like, "Man, you look like a sad puppy, dude." <laughs> and, I, and I, I really do. I wish you could have been there, man. But um, I didn't want you to get in trouble with the family. But, anyways, we we go off, and it's um, it's it's Jay Jay left Lowell and Mike fishing where they were fishing and we we come around and, and it's me ed and jay on the boat and uh Lol and, and mike are there and boy was that was that a trip to remember uh those guys are those guys are a handful especially when when they're all together and, and it was one of those moments man where we all just clicked like ed ed really didn't he didn't know Mike and, and Lol that w- as well as I did, you know, from fishing with Mike and talking with him over the years. And, uh, and, and, and really, I don't think Ed had even talked to Jay at this point yet, like, you know, on the phone or anything. And I've already had a couple conversations with them. And so it, we, all of us together just clicked immediately. Like we were old friends meeting up. They, they were old friends meeting up that have fished together since longer than me and Ed have been alive. And, uh, Me and Ed just kind of fit right in there, and I, I thought that was that was pretty awesome. But <clears throat> we're waiting this stretch, and you know we kind of get in our line. Everybody picks their path, and um, we're throwing we're we're all throwing custom corkies, and Jay's throwing a, a Pearl Harbor. And he's he's just burning it. It's not a floater. It's just a Pearl Harbor custom corkie. He's just burning it on top like he does, and and you know I kind of do that as well. Maybe not as fast as him, but I do like to work mine like that as well, and. Uh, We're walking into a spot and we just see a ton of mullet just, just kind of dancing all over the place. And we, we hone in on that. We start walking towards it and boom, Jay sticks a pig and he gets it up and, you know, we take pictures and video, and he's like, "All right, I'm walking back to the boat. Have fun!" <laughs> and it was just such a flex, you know. He <laughs> was it. like, "I huh? huh? caught a seven pounder, so good luck, guys. Good luck beating that." You know, <laughs> and we were just like, we "We're like you dick," you know. And, and so uh, Ed and and Mike had walked off way off some other weird, different path, just like Ed would normally do. So it, Ed, and that's Mike,
1: where I get it from, by the way yeah when i fish with mike and i do that a lot we do we go our separate paths and so when we fish together it's like who's picking up the boat first because it's we're so far away from each other it's ridiculous yeah.
0: um, anyway so sorry. ed ed and mike you know two peas in a pod because they just went off and did their own thing and unfortunately it wasn't the right thing uh they didn't do as good as us but he sticks that and then um He's walking back to the boat and, uh, lulls, Lul's already caught two or three, four or five pounders in a row as, as me and Jay are sitting there, you know, I was taking pictures at a little video, you know, stuff like that. I was kind of seizing that moment, you know, and, uh, and got the, the release on video and all that. And Jay's walking back to the boat and, and I'm walking back to lull. He's like, he's like, you better get back here, bub. <laughs> and he was <laughs> like, it's on. So i get over there and man it, it was just a phenomenal trout bite on those corkies. and i honestly lost count of the four and five pounders we caught uh, me and Lowell just standing there just banging them back to back and uh, of course releasing everything and i get a um i throw out there and just get this freaking stupid thump and it's just peeling drag and, and we hadn't caught a redfish at this point. So that didn't even cross my mind, you know, and I was like, oh, this is this is the one, you know, yeah. and and get them to me. And, and it's a red. It's a nice ah. slot red. And I'm like, damn. And so uh, Lowell's still sitting there, you know, banging them out. And um, I'm sitting there trying to unhook this red that swallowed the corky and I, I get it fixed. Throw back out there. Oh. Another freaking monster slams it another red and i'm like you got to be kidding me and so i i get that one i horse him in get that one off and then throw it out there again another red <laughs> and at this point i'm getting a little aggravated because Lowell's still sitting there catching trout and you know lol he's he's oh, dogging yeah. me son <laughs> he's like he's like you're doing a great job keeping them reds away from my corky <laughs> i was just like all right dude i was like you know whatever and so then that fourth throw, man, I throw it out there, fish hits it exactly like them reds were. I didn't treat it any differently. That's not where the story's going. I, I treated it just like I thought it was a big trout and uh, it dug real hard, never came to the surface. And uh, I got it kind of close to me and it, and it, it pulled away real hard, screaming drag. And I saw the swirl, didn't really see the tail. Uh, I knew the fish was heavy because it was just as heavy as those those, you know, slot, those upper slot reds that I just caught, Mm -hmm. you know, they were, they were all like 26 to 29 inch reds. They were really nice reds. And you could feel the weight of this fish and it comes over towards Lowell. And he's like, he, he saw it before I did when it came up one time. And he was like, he looks at me and he was like, that's it. That's the one. And I, and I, I pull it over towards me and it, it runs again. And by this time, Lul came a little closer to me. He had reeled in. He was just kind of watching and he was probably like 10 feet away from me. And the fish comes up just right next to Lowell and just rolls on the surface and not out of the water. You know how they just come yeah. up and roll, just comes up and rolls and just spits that corky out. And it just, it just floats right next to Lowell. And he lo- he shakes his head. He looks at me, he goes, that was a big one, bub, you know, and Lowell saying that's a big one. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, I was thinking, okay, you know, that's probably a, a pretty decent trout, you know, this and that. And, um, and I'm sitting there just distraught, you know, I, yeah. I freaking stupid redfish after redfish after redfish, then finally get the fish I'd came there for. And he spits the hook in front of Lowell of all people. The and, king of uh, one-liners. Oh, dude. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and and I'm, I've got my head down and I'm bending my corky. and you know, i got my sad face and he's like, well, you're you going to, I got to, I got to be careful how I say this. Cause you know, he, he cusses just as much as I do, <laughs> but he was like, you gonna sit there and cry about it. Or are you going to throw it back out there? You know? And I was like, yep, yeah, you're right. And that was kind of, that was kind of one of the moments that I really started to think about what I told that kid, you know, yeah. and the uh, story doesn't get any better. I don't catch a bigger trout, <laughs> but uh, it, it was, it was just an awesome moment. I think that's something me and Lowell will definitely never forget. Yeah. And we're, get done with that trip and 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 jay picks us up and we're on the way home and the sun's going down in mansfield and it's you know jay and mike talking uh, on on the front of the boat you know on, on the console you know yeah. driving and and me ed and lowell are sitting on the back talking and uh we're just i just soak it in that moment it was it was a really awesome moment then we get back and law was like hey by the way that was probably a solid eight eight plus pound fish and i was like yeah. what <laughs> i was like th- like like that big of a fish he was like, oh yeah yeah it was a good fish and i was like why didn't you tell uh, me out there he's like and he's like i told you it was a big fish you know yeah. i say big fish you know six seven pounder not an eight plus you know and i was like man i was so pissed and, and he loved it he loved that he, he got to tell me that you know <laughs> but it was uh that was definitely a trip i'll i'll never forget and i learned a lot from, from that, from Jay, um, you know, I picked his brain as much as I could on that, that really short four hours or how it was only like three or four hours, dude. And, um, you know, I asked Jay, I was like, is that a spot that, you know, you normally fish or, or what? He was like, Kyle, this is my first time down here all year. (laughs) He was like, I literally got in town five hours ago. (laughs) I was like, Oh, and he was like, yeah, it looked good. It checked all the boxes. He was like, there was bait. There was, you know, the water was moving right. The wind was blowing right. And he kind of broke it down. And uh, I really started changing the way I fished after that Mm -hmm. as well, kind of adding some of the things I learned from him.
1: Yeah. and Dude, it was funny because I text y'all. I'm like, man, how y'all did? And he, like, you start rattling off pictures. And then you send me one video. Actually, it wasn't – you that sent it but it was like Mike posted on like Facebook like that that evening and it was like him talking about basically no I take that back it was Jay's post on his Instagram where he's like Mike uh, is just kind of talking like he always does like telling you the angle of the moon and and how it's impacting the fishery and a bait fish and like all the scientific analytical hyper analytical mind that uh, that mike mcbride thinks in and he's just kind of non-stop just talking about and uh and as much as mike gives jay hell for about talking a lot mike really does talk a lot but oh, jay's yeah. in a video and he's like you know and this is jay Watkins, you know and he's like you don't want to see a legend that's a legend right there you know and then you guys are in a background I'm like son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah man yeah, i should know but it was all good man and, and i'm Dude, the thing for me was like how fulfilling uh, because, I mean, you guys made the super long trip here to cap off a a trip down to Lower Laguna Madre uh, with none other than that crew. I mean, dude, that's that's a memory that, to your point, will last forever. But it goes back to the original point, which is that never would have happened if you just didn't have a high appetite, man, for kind of doing the right thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it was kind of it's kind of cool to hear and, and see that. Uh, kind of come to fruition, you know. So, anyway, but uh, dude, we so we're like 50 minutes in and we ain't even talked about freaking chandelier. I told so, you, dude,
0: I thought you were like, it's not like it's gonna be an hour and a half. I was like, okay, well, that's
1: that's why I got four beers sitting at my desk and not one. <laughs> well, shit, I had, uh, now we're cursing because. I've already had a, a, just a bourbon there. I'm drinking some oh, wood for it's reserve. It's about to get even better. Drink up, boy. <laughs> oh man, I got, I got stuff to do. No, I'm joking. But, uh, no, for real. Um, so let, let's get into it right now. Uh, just a little right. bit. We won't get into, you know, time of year and things of that nature unless you feel comfortable. But really the biggest thing I want to talk to you about was, you know, from chandelier perspective, um, you know, breaking down that fishery, but let, before you even get there, like what, what are some, what are some kind of notable trips, maybe some notable, notable fish, uh, and maybe what some things that people can expect to encounter, uh, out there. So, uh, this is kind of the same thing I tell a a
0: lot of clients. Uh, it's, it's a great fishery and there are stud trout there don't get me wrong, but it's, it's not like Mansfield or Baffin, you know, where there's just a ton of, you know, seven eight pounders that get caught a year you know there's a handful that 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 we know of you know there's those motherships they're taking 10 to 12 people a time and, and they're booked up a year in advance every year there's a lot of people that go out there and there are a lot of big trout that get caught but not you know not a not a ton to be honest but there are a lot of days and i've got plenty of clients that can back me up where we, you will just get into a bite of just three to five pounders for hours, not, not 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Like you just get tired of catching them. Like when you catch that school of, of just that class fish, it's, it's crazy how many there are. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just back to back to back. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. And I know there's other places like that as well, but One of the really, really cool things about Chandelier is it has everything. It's a, it's a one-stop shop, dude. There's grass beds, there's gullies, there's, you know, you know, a lot of the Texans, you know, y'all call them potholes, you know, we call them, I call them sand flats here, but you know, there's, there's a lot of places with big areas with potholes that you can throw for uh, big trout sitting in the potholes. There's oyster beds, there's really deep drop-offs. You can be standing in ankle deep water and throwing in 15 foot of water uh on like and, and I've really figured out a lot uh the past two years fishing there. It's also something I kinda wanna touch on because um a lot of people ask like, oh man, have you been, you know, fishing this since you were a kid and this and that and the answer is no. Um I haven't. I, I really started fishing it hard when I got that blue wave and I think that it really works out to my advantage. And and the way you you need to look at it is that I'm coming into that area brand new. So I I don't know that, you know, this is some spot that, you know, people been fishing for 30 years where they've been smashing trout. I, I don't get stuck on that kind of stuff because I I don't and and I now I know where those areas are and I don't even fish them because I like to be out there and be away from everybody. And and my client another thing my clients will tell you anybody who's came with me is that's what they love about it. There's nobody around us ever, like hardly, like we've got to be really struggling to kind of go to some of those spots where I know there's some fish just so I can put my people on some action, you know, and yeah, we might get a little bit of company, but it's still nothing compared to, you know, the stories they tell me of people, you know, when, when we're waiting a stretch and I've got a guy that comes up, and I'm I'm kind of like, man, that dude just cut us off, and they're looking at me like you're joking, all right? And I'm like, no, that dude cut us off, and they're like, man, <laughs> guys will stop like right. They'll point, they'll be like, guys will stop right there. That that's cutting you off. He was like, that guy's being nice, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not I'm not used to that, you know. Yeah. So I've kind of really figured out uh, just a lot of just little, and it's really just just going back to the basics of of finding what you need for trout and and that's uh, what i've really figured out for chandelier is um it's it's, it's gonna sound dumb but it really is the basics it's just clean water moving water and bait that, that's really what it is yeah. you there can be three quarters of that 50 mile chain of island can be dirty water and if just that north tip is is clean there's going to be a ton of fish there and there's going to be studs and mm-hmm. and that's kind of the things i've figured out and then like I was talking about those areas where you're fishing in shallow water, and you know you're standing in shallow water, and you're throwing in the deep, and the tide's ripping, dude. Like you, sometimes we gotta throw, you know, three eighths jig heads because oh, wow. you're throwing into like eight, ten foot of water, and you're not catching dinks, you're catching studs. Mm-hmm. That's just where the trout are because on those days, those are the days when you don't really have any tidal movement, you don't have any wind blowing. It's like a bluebird sky day. Well, even if, you know, the tide's not moving, that water's always ripping through these spots. Hmm. Because you got to remember, this is an island in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. And it's, it's, they'll have these cuts in these islands and the water's just ripping through there and bait's getting pulled through there, whether it likes it or not. mm -hmm. So it's just figuring out little stuff like that that's really been the most satisfying part of it. I've, I've had a lot of help. I'm not going to lie. Um, just kind of basics like, Hey, this is, you know, this is a good place to fish. Uh, Joey Furlan being one of those man, Joey's one of the guys that grew up fishing out there. And he actually showed me a couple areas, but the thing is, and and what people need to realize something Joey Ferlin was fishing, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it ain't nothing like it was then. Like, like I was saying, things change yearly there, if not monthly from, even if we don't have a storm, things are changing out there. And that is, that is what I really, really love about it. And, and a lot of those days, sometimes when I'm really on the grind and I'm not, you know, a hundred percent on top of my game, you know, my clients enjoy the thrill of filling it, of figuring it out. Like, Hey man, like. Should we go try this or should we go try that? I'm like, absolutely, let's go. You know, let, let's go yeah. try something different. This ain't working, and that's always super satisfying to them. Whenever they're like, "Yeah, it was my idea that you know put us on the fish," I'm perfectly fine with that as long as they caught fish. You yeah. know, so uh, it's it's cool, man. I, I really do. The <sighs> like
1: ma- I said, it's like living my dream job, dude. Yeah. The majority of your clientele, do you find they're local? Do you find uh, like they're from a certain region or 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 they just... oh yeah it's okay. it's mainly texas <laughs> okay uh and and and
0: that's fine uh, it's you know this isn't i have taken a few people that um it was their first time waiting um i don't mind that to be honest with you because if there's going to be a first time place you wade, chandelier is going to spoil you but it's also going to let you you know everything's different the first couple times you wade. You're, you're not you're not used to having a place to set anything down. Yeah. You know, like you don't, you don't, you can't just set your rod down and unhook a fish. You it's those little things like that that people gotta figure out. But uh mainly Texas, but one of the really cool things is I, I've actually got a lot from Louisiana. And, and these aren't guys that are wanting to go out to Chandelier and, and do it themselves. Uh <coughs> excuse me. They're guys that really want to do something different and, and, and learn some different tactics and, and apply it to where they fish out of. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And then also um, I've had a lot of clients from Al- North, Northern Alabama and Georgia that, that usually uh, they, they have either done trips in Texas or somewhere else that they've, they've gone with, you know, clients that weighed and um just kind of looking for a different area or or they've heard about the chandeliers and always wanted to fish it. And, uh, they kind of want somebody to do like I do and actually, you know, go out there and, and, and show you everything, explain everything as we're doing it. And, uh, that's, that's, that's the service that, that I provide. And, uh, Mm -hmm. one of the really cool things about that boat. And, um, there's been a few trips where we've had to do this. Um, so, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. The motherships are great. They're awesome. But if a mothership parks in a certain spot, you're kind of stuck to to the limitations of where that skiff can go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and and you're stuck to an area, which it's a big area. Don't get me wrong. But you're kind of stuck to those those areas. And the, the same if you stay out the Pelican and you use those skiffs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're kind of stuck to that area. And seriously, I'm not taking anything away from them. All the motherships, of Pelican, it's a great experience. Sometimes I, I send a lot of people to them, like big, if you've got a big group and you're wanting to do a three day trip, there's really no point in coming with me. You might as well just do the mothership. It's a better deal and, and it, it's going to fit your needs better. And I tell people that all the time. But what's unique and what's cool about what I do is, you know, if I've been hammering the fish, you know, way down south on the southern of Islands and, you know, we go all the way down there and that bite sucks. Guess what? we pick up and we haul ass down yeah. to the North end or we work our way down to the North end. And there's been trips where I've gotten to show guys the entire chain of islands in one day, you know, because we had to, to yeah. find the fish, because I've, I've got to say, it, and, I stick by it. Those fish are always biting there somewhere, dude. There, there's only been one or two trips where we really didn't get into them, but they, you know, we did catch maybe one or two, four pound trout, you know, nice trout, but there, there are days where it's like that very few and far between those mm-hmm. fish are there somewhere feeding there somewhere it's just that good of a fishery in my eyes hey
1: everyone thanks again for listening to this part one of a two-part episode conversation with captain kyle johnson listen next week we'll go ahead and release this in back-to-back weeks uh, for part two of that and then after that we have a really good episode with uh, Pat Murray, the CCA national president, uh, following Captain Kyle Johnson's part two episode. So, hey, thanks again for your listenership. Thanks again for all the support, the lore sales, the comments, the ratings. Please do that. It really does help. And uh, I really want to say thanks again to our sponsors, you know, Down South Lures, Stinky Pants Fishing, Waterloo Rods, Custom Corky, Texas Custom Lures, Mirror Lure, and Real Sportswear, We absolutely love their support. We hope you do too. So until now, same guys, tight lines, God bless. And always remember, take what you need and release the rest. God bless.